Well, we recognize for dads especially, we want to honor dads and we appreciate the hard work you guys do and the challenges of being a... It's, it's really tough sometimes being the best dad ever out there, isn't it, you guys? So we don't have... Um, we don't have $6 million for you, but I did bring you some chocolate today. So if we can have some volunteers pass out some chocolate, some giant chocolate bars to all the, some comfort chocolate bars. We've already cast the calories out of it, so you guys are all good there. But get some help and give, give one to all the guys in our midst. Spiritual dads, dads, everybody that is of the male gender is a, is a, a, a biological dad, foster dad, adopted dad, surrogate dad spiritual dad and you deserve comfort today hope you get a hug today and who knows with god all things are possible maybe someone will get six million dollars out there so this is part two of our two-part series that we started on mother's day title of this one is our dads, what they did right. I got that title from a book that someone gave Brenda and, Brenda and me when we were uh, first parents. So the baby daughter, Sarah, we lived in a 12 by 48 manufactured home and was teaching school. And we had this book laying around. It was called What They Did Right. It was all about parents. We were, we were eager to read it. So we read a page or two a day and, and tried to figure out how to be parents to this new little kid that had invaded our lives. So that's where we got the title, What They Did Right. Some good ideas from that book. The introductory anchor verse that I'd like to share is one that's absolutely intriguing to me. It's Ephesians 3, verse 14. And the Apostle Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus. And he says this about fatherhood and family. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Now, I don't pretend to be able to understand all the nuances of what, this is, what Paul is trying to communicate here, but I do know this. In the Greek, it, it, the phrase is the whole family, all the families in heaven and on earth derive their name, the name family, from God the Father. And this revelation so stunned Paul that it knocked him to his knees in gratitude and humble thanksgiving. And when we think about the reality of the amazing gift of family, and we think about the fact that not only is there family experience in this world, but that there's family experience. All the, every family in heaven and every family, every family on earth and every family in heaven. That the feeling, the deep affection, the intimacy of family continues. The, the, the depth of belonging that is imparted to us and any sense of family that we have here continues with an infinite dimension of, of peace and joy and beauty forever. There will never be a time in your personal experience moving forward forever where you don't experience a depth of family because family derives from God the Father. It, the, the, the experience of family emanates from God. And anything good you see about 
spiritual dad, adopted dad, foster dad, biological dad, anything good should trigger in our hearts a gratitude like Paul. Thank you, driving us to our knees symbolically even, driving us to our knees saying, praise you for the blessing of fatherhood. And I think it's significant that of all the fathers mentioned in the Bible, that really, as far as I can tell, there's only one of them that was expressed as almost like a perfect dad. All the great men of the Bible had um, some things about them that were expressive of great dadness, but they were also utter failures as well, if you think about it, each one of them, except Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus. Nothing bad about Joseph there is ever said. But when I think about considering a montage of each one of the great men of the Bible that had some good of their, in their fatherhood, it's important, I think, for us to realize that anything we good, we consider and think about their attributes as dad that were good, we forgive the rest, focus on that, and realize that there's such a plethora, there's such a plethora, I mean, there's such a ex- expression, a rainbow of expression, a blessing of um, the manifold fatherliness of God that we see in emanating from the, the dads in our lives. And so that's... Uh, that's something that I wanted to point out in the introduction of our talk today about what they did right, what they did right in the Bible. Some of us have uh, mixed experience with dads. We can, we can identify some good things about our dad, but also there's some things that, you know, we wish there would have been done better. I think that every dad here must have some level of regret. If you don't, you probably are in some level of denial about your own thinking more highly than you ought to think. <laughs> but when we think about the dads in our lives, let's, let's forgive the weaknesses. Let's forgive the failures. Let's focus on the good. And, th- and that, that small number, that, there is a small percentage. I don't know what that percentage is, but there is a small percentage where your, your biological dad was a total loser. And there's no other way to describe it. He was a full-on, total loser. And here's what I want you to do with that. C.S. Lewis said, it's easy to forgive someone until you have to forgive them. So do your best to forgive. It's really important that you do. But remember that God says in his word that he's the father to the fatherless. And there's a special relationship with you and, him, and God in terms of the manifestation. Some people have said, because my dad was such a loser, I have a hard time relating to God as father, when God says it's just the opposite. There's a, a better revelation of God as father because he gives special attention in a revelatory way of his dadness to you if you did not have an earthly dad that stepped up and did things right. You're in a special category, not in terms of a disability, in relating to God, but in a profound revel- revelation of his wonder and beauty. And I don't deny that there can, there, there can be uh, helpful breakthrough prayers that way. I think of John Wimber, who had a, when he came to Christ, he had an amazing experience of Jesus. 
And then a few years later, an incredible walk with the Holy Spirit, but he didn't really relate to God the Father very well until Michael Green and his wife Rosemary came from England and ministered to, uh, through a word of knowledge to John Wimber, and there was a breakthrough experience. And from then on, John Wimber had the most profound experience of a, of a deep, intimate dad relationship with God, his father. Hallelujah. I remind us of the extreme, vital importance of spiritual dads in our lives. And every single man within earshot of my voice, you have a solemn, profound destiny, calling, commission, and mission to step up to as a spiritual dad. I don't know about you, but I want for New Song Church an ever-increasing experience of revival, of a, of a great awakening culture, of a, of a culture that is apostolic to the core in every way that that can be um, experienced, don't you? We only have one life. Don't we want to be fully apostolic in our experience of revival and a and a full-on what God wants for the church. Well, I remind you something that's part and parcel of that in the Apostle Paul's mind. I've shared this before with regard to motherhood and fatherhood, but I want to remind you in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is writing back to the, uh, to the Thessalonican church where he'd only been there for three weeks, and a revival broke out where there was just like, from all, um, from all appearances, thousands of people came to Christ in just a short time. Then he had to get out of Dodge because of persecution. But he writes back to them, and he says these profound words, I was with you like a mother. What? The church needs a feminine leadership voice. An apost- an ap- anything you want to n- learn about an apostolic culture, you, l- you learn from the imprint of an apostle. And the imprint of the apostle on the Thessalonican church was, I was with you like a mother, and I was with you like a what? Like a father. So this idea of spiritual fathers profound in a revival culture, in an apostolic culture, in the culture of this church. This was awakened to me profoundly when I had a health crisis um, seven years ago. And what C.S. Lewis say? He says that God whispers to us when things are going fine, but he shouts at us in our pain. Sometimes when we're in a, in a physical crisis of some kind, some kind of traumatic experience, there is clarity to the voice of God like you get no at no other times. And I had a clear, clear sense from God that he wanted to do a shift in my own approach and philosophy of pastoral ministry. And that shift was to not just be a pastor, but to be a better father, spiritual father in the house of God. So I've been a man on a mission now for seven years. I hope it's shown up a little bit. I hope I can do better at it, but I'm I'm working at this. I feel like it's my destiny. I want to live out the rest of my days, however long, long the Lord would give me, till Jesus comes or I go to heaven. I want to devote myself to being not just a, 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 
a, a helpful dad to my own four children and grand, grandfather to my nine, uh, my, my nine grandchildren. But I want to be a better spiritual father to everyone God uh, calls to be part of the, the family that identifies itself as New Song. That's what I'm after. And I'm doing that not just by personally father, uh, being a father to everybody, although my attitude is that in terms of prayer, in terms of preaching and teaching, but to put an imprint, the fatherhood of God imprint, not just on myself, but on all the guys, because there is a profound calling in, the, in, in a need, would you agree, in America, for a father imprint on our, on our people in America. They're crying out. They're crying out. These... All these young people that are, uh, have drug addictions and, and um, going after this, going after that, sex crazed. There is uh, such a profound and deep loss that a father imprint can bring healing to. And this is the call and destiny of the church in this hour. And by God's grace, we're going to step up to it. Guys, that's what's, that's what's ha- going to happen. That's what's happening. I'm going to do a, I've interviewed our uh, board members and our staff, and I asked them to uh, give me a few things, that three things about their dads. And I, I had such a deep uh, appreciation for the dads of our staff and, and board members as I read through this, the comments. I asked, from each, I asked that each of them give me three things that um, they're their dads did right. Three things that their dad did right. And I collated it all. And uh, we're going to do a countdown from the top five, from five to one, in terms of just the numbers of comments related to each of these five themes. And so I'm going to dive into that as we have had half of the talk today be the introduction. We will be move forward here. So number five. Our dads uh, were great practical everyday life examples. Our dads were great practical everyday life examples. And I want to anchor each of the five observations in one of the dads in scripture. And that I want to anchor in Abraham. When you think about Abraham, Abraham was a great example spiritually, wasn't he? I mean, we are told that Abraham was righteousified by faith and we should be like Abraham in terms of our faith in Jesus. But Abraham was also very practical in terms of he imparted, he imparted to his son Isaac an ability to shepherd successfully. You look at the life of Isaac, he was a great shepherd, successful, wealthy shepherd, ranch sheep rancher, rancher, not really a shepherd, I guess, a rancher because his dad put that on him in a practical way. I also see it evidenced when um, Isaac, his son, was bereaved of his mother when uh, Sarah died. And Abraham, in the, even out of the midst of his grief, thought about the, the crying son that was, that was in the tent nearby. And he said, uh, God, I got to help him. What do I do? I'm going to get him a wife. 
and he sent the servant back to his home country and through a wonderful series of miracles brought back Isaac, a wife, and he took her into his tent and he was comforted in the loss of his mother. Abraham was a great practical dad. Here's some comments from some of our some of our leaders in our, at New Song Church regard the practical element. And I apologize in advance. I encourage each of you leaders to put up your full quote on, uh, on Facebook or some other context because I have had to shorten some of them for time's sake. But here's a few in terms of practicality. Victoria Lopez writes, My dad always showed love and respect to my mom. He was a good example of how to treat a woman. Very practical. Pat Daly writes, My dad taught me the value of work by his example. In addition to his job, he did the grocery shopping, cooked the meat for dinner, and did various household chores, including even the laundry every Sunday. Practical example. Jim Wolf says, My dad chose family over career opportunities. That's profound, Jim. Dan Mickelson said, my dad was a super example of working hard, driving a county dump truck during the day. My dad worked really hard in the face of jokes about county road workers being lazy and slow. Um, One of the jokes that he told me as a kid was, what's orange in seats three? I mean, what what's or what's orange and sleeps three? A county road department dump truck. <laughs> Remember that. But in the face of that stereotype, he would even annoy the other workers because he was always a hard worker. Remember him telling me uh, stories about that. Anyway, I can't I can't be taking these rabbit trails. But he uh, drove a county dump truck and and did farming on the side to provide for his family. Countdown to number one, number four. Our dads were very inspiring spiritual life examples. Spiritual life examples was the fourth most common thing noted by our leaders. And our anchor point for this one is is a spiritual dad named Elijah in the Old Testament and his spiritual son, Elisha. And I think it's such an intriguing story how the prophet Elijah sort of baits Elisha along the way with different enticing things to follow him as a prophet. And then Elisha would follow him and and Elijah would say, what are you following me for? It was almost like he didn't want to come on too strong as a dad, but he was offering these these little enticements. And Elisha followed Elijah around um, even to the point where he asked Eli- Elijah if he could have a double portion of, of his anointing when he was going to leave the planet through the chariots of fire, chariot of fire, as you'll remember. And a profound expression of a father hunger in Elisha's heart is expressed when he realizes 
that Elijah is leaving and he will not have Elijah as father, spiritual father in his life anymore. And this is what he says. As Elijah is leaving and disappears, his mantle comes floating down, picks it up, but Elisha looks up to heaven and he says an expression of a desperate need for strength, help, security, and need, a need for anchor in his life, a need for dad in his life. He says, my father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And he's realizing that his spiritual father's gone. And Israel doesn't have the spiritual father anymore that Elijah was. And I want to suggest to you that when we think of spiritual fathers in our lives or biological fathers that we miss, we see how many Facebook posts have you seen already today that have said how much you know they miss their dad, that there's something that God can use in that sense of loss that can trigger that can trigger us to look to him as dad to recognize that Jesus put his spirit in us that we could cry out abba daddy father and i find myself to my own um um maybe it's wrong i don't know i just feel uncomfortable in church, even after all these years, I'm, I don't easily refer to God in prayer as daddy in your presence. I do it way more easily at home because I want to align myself with the Bible. And the Bible says he's our daddy, not just our... Uh, sometimes father has more of a distant, respectful sort of a dynamic to it. But I'll, I'll try to do that. But I'm, I'm not really comfortable with it. And it may say something more about me than it does about the theology of of church. But I just want you to know that whatever the case, there is this invitation. When we sense a loss, I mean, uh, just a couple days ago, I was looking at the eaves in my 100-year-old house, and I was noticing yet again that they needed to be painted. And I remembered my dad saying to me years ago, about a different house that the eaves needed to be painted. And he said, Dan, you need to get those painted because if you get rot in there, it's going to affect everything. And so I, yeah, the other day, I was looking up at those eaves and I was thinking about my dad. And I was thinking, man, I, if, my dad, if only my dad was here, he could tell me exactly what to do to fix, to paint these and do, fix these eaves right. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, dad's gone who could I get to help me that's a, of that generation that's a dad type that I could look to? And I, I remembered that I was, you know, I'm 67 years old and there aren't any more left. <laughs> there aren't any more dads for me to look to, to ask advice from. So all I can do is to look back to try to remember what he said, and I shall do that. But I'm also, this also triggered in me the realization that I have a, I have a father hunger, and, and uh, my dad passed away at the age of 92 just a little over a year ago, and there's a sense of loss I still carry uh, because of that. And then some of you know exactly what I'm, what I'm thinking about, but I'll tell you what I want to do with that. What I do 
with this sense of loss, like Elisha, I let it trigger looking to God for a double anointing. And he did twice as many miracles as Elijah did. He had a double mantle on him of Elijah's ministry. He was influenced and impacted, my father, my father, the chariots of horsemen and horsemen of Israel. But he allowed that to trigger him into the presence of God when he knew that Elijah wasn't going to be any, there anymore. And God used the, the tragic loss of a, a spiritual dad in his life to propel him into a deeper, more intimate experience of God, his dad, uh, walking with God, his dad, in the anointing of the Spirit throughout the rest of Elisha's life. Let that be so for you. Let that be so for me. Let these sense, these, this sense of loss trigger closeness with Abba Father, Daddy Father in our lives. Moving right along. That's your dad calling. <laughs> Take it outside, though, will you? I don't want to overhear it from here. <laughs> okay, so here are some... Uh, Not being to embarrass anybody, but we need to take that out if we can. Um, so, here's some quotes. Spiritual examples. Misty Duke, my dad always read his Bible. My dad always read his Bible. Steve Philo, my dad was a noble example of, a spirit, of spiritual leadership. His inspiration and example as a pastor was formative in my own spiritual journey as a pastor. Thank you for that, Steve. Mary Vaughn, my dad led me to Christ when I was five. He had a zeal for the Lord and his word, and he shared it with anyone who would listen. He even took me out evangelizing with him at a very young age, door to door. So my dad is why I have such a passion for evangelism to this day. Mary Vaughn. David Mickelson says, my dad set us an example an outstanding example of genuine faith and service. He was never just a Sunday morning Christian. Marty Peterson says, I learned to really pray by hearing my dad praying in the spirit for hours. I can still hear the deep rolling, beautiful sounds of my dad's prayers. If there was a problem, he would pray till peace came. Growing up, I knew my dad prayed for us kids even when we were separated by distance. Marty Peterson. Three, countdown to one. Our dads were amazing at serving other people. I'm going to move through this more quickly. Noah was a great sir, dad who served his family. He served God and God's destiny, salvation, destiny for the people of the planet. Noah did in the great rescue with the ark. He served God's creation. We have Noah to thank for there being so many, much variety of animals on the planet today. And he served his family. You, you 
You can bet that Noah was motivated to rescue his family when he heard the word that there was going to be destruction coming on, right? So Noah served other people. He was very, very much like Jesus, who said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Alyssa Wanjoe says, much of my leadership success in my career at Harry and David's could be attributed to my dad. He was and continues to be a great example of servant leadership. Jim Wolf writes, my dad lived by the golden rule. My dad lived by the golden rule, serving. Anthony Wanjoe, listen to this, profound. My dad wanted to spread joy and love wherever he went. He tried to not ever harbor any bitterness or unforgiveness toward anyone. What a great example of serving, Anthony. Marty Peterson writes with regard to her dad serving with spiritual gifts. My dad was a man of great humility. He was a marvelous speaker and operated in gifts of healing, working of miracles. He was always giving glory to God. What I saw in my dad was true greatness. Marty Peterson. Countdown to one. Number two. Our dads made us feel thoroughly loved, valued, appreciated, and enjoyed. Someone said that for a dad, love is spelled T-I-M-E. And I think of Joseph caring for his son Jesus and the huge investment, abandoning his job in Nazareth in order to even taking his son to protect him down to his stepson, down to Egypt for a time. Totally served little boy Jesus. And here's some quotes about that, about uh, helping sons and daughters feel valued. Steve Philo, my dad was a pal to me. We fished, golfed, camped, traveled, played all kinds of sports, my dad. Victoria Lopez, my dad was always making us laugh by telling us funny jokes or stories. I think, Victoria, your dad enjoyed you. He'd often take us to parks or fun places. I love what Brenda Mickelson writes. My dad was very funny and kept us continually laughing. He gave us a deep appreciation for the absurd in life. (laughs) We always knew we were loved because he was loving and he was never harsh or unkind in any way. Kendra, Roden, my dad took us camping every summer. He also faithfully took us to softball practices and games. Margie Daly writes, my dad was always happy to see me, even when my parents divorced. Dad was always happy to see me. Communicated that. David Mickelson, my dad made sure to set aside time for us kids with fun activities like fishing, camping, and softball on rainy days in the church sanctuary. (laughs) Rained a lot in Astoria. We had to move things indoors. Jim Wolf, my dad provided family recreational activities like skiing and camping. Michelle Wolf, even though we didn't have much money, my dad made sure we had fun. Alyssa Wanjoe, as a child and even into adulthood, my dad has always been present and willing to give me his time. 
Love is spelled T-I-M-E. Pat Daly. I love Pat. You grew up in Washington, D.C. My dad took me with him everywhere, from fancy dinner parties to the theater and ballet to daily dog walks, outdoor grilling and watching the Washington Senators baseball team from our front porch. What a memory. Number one. In conclusion, our dad, our dads were proactive and intentional in their role as father teacher. Lots of comments on father teaching. King David was a father teacher. We know that from things that Solomon said about his dad. Listen carefully. This is what Solomon said, writes in Proverbs, Proverbs 4 about his dad, David. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and an only child of my mother, my dad taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all of your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, my son, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. That's what he heard as a little boy in his father's house. Busy as a king, spent time with Solomon, teaching him about life. And what was it that Solomon, when he had a vision of God, asked for? One thing, I'll give you anything you want. What was it? Wisdom. It worked for a while. He backslid later, sadly. (laughs) And here's some teaching um, statements. Misty Duke says, my dad taught me to do things for myself by like changing a tire so I could be self-reliant. Mary Vaughn, my dad taught me that any job we're doing is worth doing extremely well. Always give your best in everything you do and never quit. Kathy Greger, my dad taught me to never stop learning. Also, he taught me to never give up on family. Brenda Mickelson says, My dad was smart and witty and encouraged me to read and learn and enjoy all the wonders of life. Marty Peterson says, My dad taught me the importance of the anointing and demonstrated how to enter that sweet place of worship. Margie Daly writes, My dad imparted to me a great love of music. David Mickelson, my dad made sure my upbringing was steeped in scripture. From reading the Bible to me out loud when I was a baby, to reading stories from a children's Bible when I was a little older, to morning devotions before school with Bible verse memorization when I was older still, all this had a profound impact on my life. Michelle Wolf, about her dad teaching, my dad made us work hard, not only in the yard, but often my brothers and I had more than one job outside the home. My dad taught us to be independent, not relying on handouts or the easy way out of something. Pat Daly, I love what Pat writes here. My dad taught me life lessons to respect others, give a firm handshake, look people right in the eye, be courteous to women, be kind to animals, love and care for your spouse, and that bad behavior always has consequences. Thank you, Pat's wisdom. 
And finally, Jeremiah Pickerel. My dad taught us to use what we have to bless others. That our wife is an equal partner in marriage and needs to be listened to in a way where you can actually hear what she says. My dad taught me that faithful quality time with the Lord builds a strong foundation for all of life. Amen and amen. Let's stand up. And as the music's playing, we're going to pray for the dads that are present. And that, it, that means every, everybody that's within earshot, unless you need to be back in the projection or sound area. Come forward, if you would, please. Because you're a spiritual, if you're not a biological dad or a stepdad or a foster dad or adopted dad, you are a spiritual dad, all of us are. What did the leaders of New Song say about their dads? Great practical examples, very inspiring spiritual examples, amazing at serving others. They made us feel loved, valued, appreciated, and enjoyed. And they were proactive and intentional as their role as a father teacher. Would someone uh, collect Brenda? There comes Brenda from the Cubbies and Marty from Puggles. And I asked uh, Miguel, these two sisters and Miguel and me are going to bless the, pray a prayer of blessing over all the dads here. Let's amen this prayer over all of our dads. Mm, hallelujah. What an honor to be a father. We bless every father here today, Lord. May they always speak words of hope to their children, words of destiny, words of value. May they explain to their children how much God loves them. May they never lose patience with them, but love them and speak life, hope, kindness, goodness over their kids. Bless each one of them, Lord, as fathers. In Jesus' name, amen. Whatever you want to pray. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for these fathers that they will be Holy Spirit-filled fathers. Lord, that they will commit their lives so completely to you that everything they do or say will be filtered through the anointing of your presence. And Lord, we just ask that as they are filled with your love as fathers, that they are able to show the Father's love to their children and grandchildren and that they will be examples of who you are and how much that you love them. In Jesus' name. For you fathers, in the book of uh, Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 27, God gave instructions to Moses how to bless the fathers. He told Abraham, this is the way you're going to do it. And verse 27 says, and I will bless them. And it says, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord shine upon you. May his face stands, turn around toward you and give you his shalom peace. Shalom is not just peace, but it's a completeness, wholeness. So that's my prayer for you as a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that the peace of God will be upon you. 
that he will give you the wisdom and the understanding that you need at this moment so you could be the proper father that he has for you and he has great plans for you i pray that a blessing in jesus name amen put your hands on your heart real press press your hand on your heart amen may god answer all your prayers as a dad and as a granddad and as a spiritual dad. May God give you an ever-increasing blessing on your vision of your potential to impart the wonders and beauty and glory of God, our Father, our Abba, Daddy, to others. May there be that within others that responds to your great dadness and imparting of the father-dadness of God to them. May you be awakened, men of God, more and more to your destiny in, as a dad and as a man in a culture that is bound by Satan to destroy that image and destroy that impact. And we declare over all of us as dads that the revival of the Lord Jesus Christ and the earth that is being spread in this hour will come through the blessing, the apostolic blessing of dads to dads, of dads, of dads, of dads. And we say, Daddy, bring it on to these dads. And we pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, dads. You're awesome. We appreciate you. Thanks for coming, being part of our time together today. If you have healing needs, body, soul, or spirit, healing needs of any kind, come on up. We have a team ready to release miracles to you today. God bless you. Happy Father's Day.